And you've likely heard things like learn to say no, set boundaries, take some self-care. And it's all sound advice, but the cure for people-pleasing is not found in tiny tips, but rather in spiritual warfare. This is a battle, my friend, and I want to arm you today. Hey, welcome back, friend, for another episode of the A Wife Like Me podcast. I'm Amanda Davison, if we haven't met yet, and I'm so glad that you are here. Every time you take in one of our podcast episodes, one of our blog posts, anything that we have on our website, our freebies, you are investing in yourself and then therefore your marriage. So we applaud you, girl. I wish I could just like high five you, give you a hug right now. But I'm just proud of you. And it takes effort to make marriage work. So again, good job. Uh, Today, this is like such a fun episode, because this is a topic, honestly, I didn't think I dealt with or struggled with until I became, I don't know, an adult. Uh, honestly, like the, the more I am alive and in relationship with people, the more I understand that I struggle with people pleasing. And so today we have one of our amazing podcast team members with us, Chris Reese. She is a Christian counselor She's a pastor. She's a beautiful, beautiful friend. Her name is Chris Reese, and she's got so much wisdom in this episode for us, which is entitled The Cure for People Pleasers. So let's listen in and see what Chris has to say, and I'll be back at the end. Do you struggle to say no? Do you fear someone is going to be upset with you if you don't give them what they want? Do you take care of everyone else and neglect yourself? Do you fear confrontation and avoid conflict at all cost? Well, you, my friend, could be suffering from the disease to please. And today I want to talk to you about the cure for people-pleasing. People-pleasing is a common struggle, especially in Christian circles, where it is touted that it is better to give than to receive. And while that is true, was it God's intention for us to give so much of ourselves that we suffer, suffer with guilt, fear, resentment, and confusion. So we cross over our giving to others when it is at a loss of our own identity. This was not God's intention. Even Galatians 1.10 reminds us, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. My friend, I am coming at you right now with love. People-pleasing is not cute. It's not sweet. It's not even Christ-like. We are called to be givers, but not people-pleasers. Jesus wasn't a people-pleaser. He pulled away when he needed to. He said no when he had to. He put responsibility on others for their choices. And most of all, he didn't give the people what they wanted. Remember, when Jesus came on the scene and they were starting to acknowledge him as the Lord, they expected him to overthrow the government and become their king. Had Jesus been a people pleaser, my friend, we would have had a very different history. Look, if people pleasing is not godly, then it needs to be treated like any other disease we may carry. And just like any other disease in our life, it causes us to make compensations to survive. We can laugh it off. We can wear it as a badge. But the truth is God didn't create us this way and we shouldn't be embracing it. 
We were not created as people pleasers. It was programmed. It's actually a form of codependency. So in simplest terms, codependency refers to a mental, emotional, physical, and even a spiritual reliance on someone else. And as a people pleaser, did you know you can actually become a target for the devil? You become a target for him to send abusers and narcissists and takers into your life to further ingrain the pattern. So I don't want to just come at you today and give you band-aids for your hemorrhage. And you've likely heard things like learn to say no, set boundaries, take some self-care. And it's all sound advice, but the cure for people-pleasing is not found in tiny tips, but rather in spiritual warfare. This is a battle, my friend, and I want to arm you today. So let's talk today about the antidotes you need to cure the disease to please. Antidote number one, identify your why. Ask yourself, why am I a people pleaser? And this usually requires us to go deep. It's not a shallow answer like, oh, my mom was a people pleaser and I'm just like her. Just like any other disease or an issue that you need a cure from, the doctors need to know the history. And for many raised in a dominating, toxic environment, people-pleasing was a learned trait in order to survive. Perhaps mom had a personality disorder, or dad was struggling with mental illness or substance abuse, or maybe you were only praised when you did what was expected of you. At the very least, most people-pleasers weren't valued. Your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions, they didn't matter. Your voice didn't matter. Now, it's true that your your why could have happened later in life, but it is highly likely that the groundwork was laid very early in childhood. So were you praised for being a good girl, praised for doing things that made others happy? If so, it's likely that you learned that this is what gets you the love and the approval that you so desire. And over time, this actually creates an imprint. So when you have that same need today, the solution is to follow that same imprint that was carved out early in life. It's automatic. You don't even have to think about it. So I want to encourage you to take some quiet time with you, the Lord, and your journal and start diving in to this exploration of why. Antidote number two, identify your who. Psalm 139.13 reminds you us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. My friend, this means that God created you with intentionality. He created you very unique and distinct with unique strengths, unique weaknesses, likes, dislikes, preferences, even a unique way of giving and receiving love, all unique. But all of this uniqueness gets trashed when we conform to the needs and expectations of others at the expense of who God created you to be. So I want you to grab that journal again and start learning. Learn about you. My friend, you were divinely crafted by the master craftsman himself. The least we could do is get to know his handiwork. So grab that journal. Start writing. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What are my abilities, my likes, my dislikes? Ask yourself this question. If the world could be my way, what would it look like? 
Now, I'm not encouraging you to swing the pendulum into the selfish direction. This is actually just to give you a clear picture of you outside of the opinions and expectations of others. And while you're learning, you would do well to remind yourself who you are in Christ. No one on this planet was created for someone else's soul pleasure. That would make you a slave. And here's what I've learned. We gain confidence in who we are and who we were created to be by getting to know the unique creation that is you. Antidote number three, identify your what. What do I need? What am I looking for by saying yes when I'd prefer to say no? Do I need validation? Do I need approval? Am I hoping for friendship? I get it. It's not sexy sitting down and laying out all of your vulnerabilities, but we need to expose what is trying to hide in the darkness to God's glorious light. You need to know what you are looking for before you can conquer this life-threatening disease. I remember when I first learned what I was looking for by giving in to people, my eyes were open. It was as though a, a weight had just been lifted off of me. You see, I wanted people to think highly of me. Now, I know that may not seem very significant, but for me, it was huge because while that what was hiding in the darkness, it was disguising itself as a selfless motive, when in reality, it was completely self-centered. I wanted people to value me. I get it how difficult it is to face our what, because our what begins to show our flaws. It begins to show the the icky stuff that is lying deep within our hearts. But my friend, I believe in a God who looks to reveal and heal. So let us reveal and pull all of this stuff out of darkness so we can truly identify what is our distorted, self-centered motive behind our people-pleasing. You see, a lot of times people-pleasers think we come across as givers, but when in reality, we are looking to meet a very self-centered need. Antidote number four, break the soul tie. Soul ties are formed when there is a knitting together of two people. Look, God intended us for to, ha- to have good, close, godly bonds with each other. An example of this would be in marriage. And healthy soul ties are formed when there is a healthy two-way flow of love between the parties. This is voluntary on both ends. So soul ties actually bind us together in mutual affection. But in the cases of unhealthy soul ties, you may have bound yourself to a person that you are trying to please based upon guilt, manipulation, or fear. My friend, ungodly soul ties have to be broken. So I would encourage you to renounce this allegiance to this person and ask God for forgiveness. We are not called to be bound to anybody in an unhealthy or toxic way. So if you feel like you have been in the grips of someone else's clutches, whether it's their opinion, their expectations, my friend, you could very well be in a soul tie that needs to be broken. Look, you will not be able to overcome an old pattern until we create a new one. 
But once you have taken the antidotes, you can now begin to create new patterns. My friend, you are free, but they won't happen on their own, nor are they going to happen immediately. But God will give you plenty of opportunity to practice, practice, practice. So together, let us rise up, come out from the enemy's grip. My friend, it is time to honor who God created you to be. And in doing so, you will please the one who matters most, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that hurts good, right? Like we need to hear what Chris just said. And yet it's hard to live that out and to believe uh, that we don't have to be chained to what other people think or approve or don't approve or say or don't say about us. And we can actually live with an eternal mindset. So that's our prayer over you today. Uh, that you would be able to step into that and walk that out, not in chains, not in bondage of other people's opinions about you and who you are. Say again, Chris Reese has so much for you over at her website, chrisreese.com. We will link in the show notes to her website, but take advantage of everything she has. Um, Tell your friends about her and her resources there. She's phenomenal. And if you are not yet in our A Wife Like Me collective, now's the time. This is where we take our faith and our marriage just to another level, because if there's anything we know, it takes intentionality to clear out the clutter and to actually focus on what matters most. Even good things can be a distraction. So what we want to do in the Wife Like Me Collective and what a lot of us are doing who are a part of the collective is really intentionally focus on our focusing on our priorities, which is our faith and our marriage and everything flows from that. So friend, if you are not in scripture, if you are not intentionally spending time connecting with your husband, if you aren't taking care of yourself, then the A Wife Like Me Collective is where you need to be. Just head over to collective.awifelikeme.com and we will see you there. Friend, sending you so many hugs this holiday season. We love you. You are not alone. If you need prayer or any encouragement, just email me directly at info at awifelikeme.com. Love you, friend, and we'll see you next week.